Dr. John Walker here with Leverage Your Time, Balance Your Life. And I'm Wendy, and we have a guest here today. Yes, we have a wonderful guest. Way for, all the way from Virginia. Can you nice. believe that? Floyd, Virginia, up there <laughs> in the mountains. Right? <laughs> right. In the it holler. is great in the holler. <laughs> Why yes. don't you introduce yourself, Nikki? Hi, I'm Nikki Brigard from Floyd, Virginia. And Nikki, what do you want to talk about? You got a lot of things that you like to do. Uh, what's your passion? Tell us about your passion. Okay, well, I'm a special education teacher, so that's one of my passions, working with students with special needs. And um, my daughter is in a scout group, and we do a lot of outdoor adventures or empowering for girls. That's another big passion that I like to do with her. And my son is into adaptive wheelchair sports, so that's a third passion. And that's why you're down here. You're down here, and he's yes. participating in a camp, but he also plays mm-hmm. in basketball tournaments. He's a, And he comes down here all the way from Virginia down here to Charlotte, uh, down to, I believe it's Providence Church, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, so, and he comes down, and he plays basketball every week. And so you have to drive him down here for an hour and drive him back for an hour, right? No, 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 it's like, more than that, three hours. about three hours. Oh, my goodness. Um, wheelchair sports, yeah. you do not find in rural areas. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not, not in Florida. We've had to kind of research the closest teams, and the Roland Hornets in Charlotte, that's the closest team. The right. other one would be Richmond, Virginia, which is three and a half hours. Right, wow. wow. And this team's really established and great, and So you drive it. him that's down great. three hours to play basketball, and then you get in your car and drive back for three more hours, right? Well, and we have a f- um, family friends that we met through all of this in Blacksburg who their son was already playing, so a lot of times they'll pick him up from our school uh-huh. because it's hard for my husband and I to take off and drive him down, and then we'll meet them in Hillsville. So okay. they've been a huge help. Okay, so that's good. So yeah. it's not quite as bad, but still, that is a lot of dedication and having a special needs child is a lot of dedication. I don't know if you want to talk about that or you want to talk about your daughter. You just, it's yours, whatever you want to talk the about. The microphone is yours. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I've seen how much, um, the first when I heard about the wheelchair basketball in Charlotte, another family had told me about it because their son, they drove him from I believe it was Roanoke to Charlotte, which is much further, every Monday. And he ended up getting a full ride to play wheelchair basketball in Illinois. And then he went on to Paralympics, and then he was coaching wheelchair basketball in Japan. Oh, my goodness. And I was so impressed, but my thought was, there's no way we are taking Parker from Floyd to Charlotte every Monday. Like, that's just, we can't do that. And then he went to his first practice, and it was just so good for him to be around other kids that also are in wheelchairs, and he loves sports. And he's actually really coordinated. He's good at sports, and he loves basketball. And so it's one of those things that you don't feel like you can take from him. So now we're in it. That's yeah. right. Now we're doing the same thing. Well, wait a it's minute. It's not now, a sacrifice uh, when you're yeah. giving them the opportunities <laughs> that they wouldn't have else 
elsewhere. Man, so, that is yeah. something. It's not mm-hmm. a sacrifice if you're you know doing it to give mm-hmm. opportunities. But I, I want to back up because you mean they give scholarships for wheelchair basketball, like football and tennis and stuff? Yes, if I'm correct, I recently researched this. There's 12 universities, mostly Midwest. Midwest is big in basketball. Uh Mm -hmm. And I would believe, I don't know if this is why, but it's probably more accessible there. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have some really good wheelchair basketball programs. Wheelchair basketball programs Mm -hmm. that give scholarships. That's great. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good? It's getting more competitive. And so Parker, Virginia Tech is wanting to do the same thing with wheelchair tennis so at first it was just a wheelchair tennis kind of like club, and every Tuesday Parker and other people in the community and around will come. Well, now they have this year their first wheelchair tennis collegiate team, and for collegiate wheelchair sports, you only need two athletes from the university mm-hmm. because it is difficult to find an entire team. You have to be physically disabled yep. for an right. entire team. Right. So you the rest of the team can be from the community. So mm-hmm. Parker could technically be part of the wheelchair Virginia Tech tennis team one day. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Great. So yeah. he could play. He? Uh, so he'd Only be, 10. He's 10 so years old. Okay. He would be playing wheelchair, and the other one would be playing regular tennis. Is that what it would be like? So with the wheelchair tennis um, collegiate level, which they're starting to do right. scholarships for, right. it's everyone's right. in wheelchairs. But the good thing about tennis is there are a lot of kids you can play just like on a regular high school team. The only difference is your ball can bounce twice. Oh, that's the only so difference. he can play on his high school team. Just the ball bounces twice. That's it. Really? So to give yeah. them that uh, extra really? time to get there. Wow, mm-hmm. that is pretty good. Yeah. And then, but in college, will it be you have to bounce twice too? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wow, I didn't know yeah, that. That is fun. fascinating. It's really hard yeah, to do, too. It, I can imagine. I've me, tried. My goodness. I mean, I play tennis a lot, and I can't ima- I can't get to the ball sometimes on two bounces and two legs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. What a sacrifice and, and what good. Tell us about your daughter. Yeah. So Claire is 13 and her first year in high school, and she's oh um, part of... So the the Boy Scouts of America now have it's changed the Scouts overall Scouts. So we live in kind of an alternative town, mm-hmm. and we have a huge girl troop for Boy Scouts. Kind of difficult mm-hmm. to explain, but yeah. she's one of the first girl troops to be part of the BSA. I think we have twenty six girls. I'm a committee right. member, and. So she, that's what, that's her thing. Almost every weekend she's camping, learning skills, working on merit badges. That's what she does. Okay, good. So she gets her merit badge, just like Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what are some of the merit badges she's working on? She's gotten quite a few. She's gotten um, law, kayaking, oh, goodness, basketry, um, canoeing, first aid. Wow. I think she's working on outdoor survival skills. Wow. There's a lot. And then we just had our first Eagle Scout, like, from Floyd that's a female. So that was exciting. Oh, that's oh. great. Now, what's yeah. it, what do you have to do to become an Eagle Scout? It's You have to do, like, um, a lot of community service, a lot of leadership roles, um, and then a big Eagle Scout project that you do on, you know, you create on your own. Of course, you can have other Scouts help you. But it is a lot of leadership within 
the scout group. Right. Mm-hmm. So how is she liking it? What, did, what do you think she's gaining from that? She loves it. She loves, I think, the empowerment of learning how to survive outside. She right. went on this one weekend where she had to build her own shelter, and she hmm. built, like, this little cocoon out of, like, mud and twigs. Wow. And had to That's sleep amazing. in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, she just... That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, she, she did does. That. She, enjo- she really enjoys it, and <laughs> I enjoy it because... It gives me a chance to do the stuff that, as an adult, you don't usually do. Like, right. you know, we just went on a kayaking trip. As an adult, I'm not on my own saying, I'm going to go on a kayaking trip. But because I'm helping the scouts, you I get, get to play I too. get to do it. That's she's exciting. not real excited about me being involved. <laughs> well, she's 13. She's 13. She didn't want mama around at all. I, like, I so love cherish. being involved. So I'm like, you're not taking this later. from me. I'm hey, doing this. Nikki, yeah. another, another thing, we talk about leverage your time, balance your life, correct? So you have a special needs kid. You've got a husband you've got to take care of. Okay, the daughter and then you got a thirteen-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. and, and how? You're teaching. And you're teaching. You're driving three, six. Let's say six hours every week. Okay, to come down to Charlotte and back. Now, how do you balance your life? You're. I don't think you have any balance in your life. And what <laughs> what I'm saying is what we were talking, you came this weekend and mm-hmm. stayed with us. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that is the first time you have been by yourself away from your husband, your family, your daughter, your son, your in-laws. But I bet it's the first time you've had just some time on your own in a long time. Isn't mm-hmm. that right? It's been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and tell them what you got. Tell them what you oh, got I've to do. I read half a book. You read right. half a book. I walked you the do? trails. I sat at the pool. <laughs> and walked to watch the TV like show. This is like a retreat. This yeah. is like a retreat for you. We yeah. watched a movie in midday. <laughs> <laughs> I never do that. It's you been do wonderful. Me. Yeah. Do you so, have um, Do you have routines that you use to help you with? Uh, Balance, like mm-hmm. I have a morning routine that I have. Do you have anything like that in place? And I have things that I inspire to do, uh-huh. like Brad. You know, he does the meditation. Yes. Right. And this summer when I had some time and he taught me some things, I was getting into that and really so, liked it. And then school started. So that's definitely something But you're I talking about do. meditation, doing some meditation. I need yeah. to, I need, that's something I really, I say I need to do. Jason and I talk about we need to do, but we have not. Hey, yeah. Wendy, why don't Regular. you talk about, because this is very, very important, and this is for people, you know, you're a great example of somebody who is overburdened with so much, and there are people like that everywhere who just don't have time for themselves, and they put off taking care of themselves to take care of other people, and that's detrimental, really, to your health. And actually detrimental to the family's health, because if you're not healthy, happy, vibrant, how can they be? So I, can, I can't imagine just this grind over and over again. And I want Wendy to talk a little about, about personal retreat day, because that might yeah. be helpful for her. You know, tell her about that. Well, I think that as, as women, as moms, mm-hmm. as working women, moms, wives to husbands who are also, you know, working, we do take on a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's a season of life where 
there's a lot of overload. There's a lot of uh, potential for burnout. There's a lot of, um, we're caretakers by nature. You know, that's mm-hmm. how we are designed and we love it. It's not a burden. It's not a sacrifice, but it can become overwhelming at times. So I'm a big proponent of how can we build in time to take care of ourselves as well so that we can give our best selves to everyone who relies mm-hmm. on us, you know, where, whether it's our jobs or our families. And so about 10 years ago, um, when we were going overseas for ministry, uh, we had a session in our um, cross-cultural training where we learned about taking a personal retreat day once a month. So I adopted that 10 years mm-hmm. ago, and I've been doing it pretty regularly ever since when we were overseas, and now I'm teaching about it and teaching other people how to do this. So it requires some sacrifice, but it's an investment. So the the short version of like what this is, it's not a program, it's just a practice. Mm-hmm. So I practice taking one day per month, I set aside with no other appointments, no other things on the calendar. And I use that time to reflect on the past, to deeply rest, do what it takes to rest, Mm -hmm. and then to reorient for the future. So, you know, rest, um, kind of reset. So reflecting on the past, resting, and then planning for the future. Um, And so what are some of the things you do during that time? Yeah, so, well, first of all, for anyone who is very busy like you are, it t- it's a challenge to find like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that, but how can I do it? And so I suggest like finding a fellow mom that you could trade off on like one Saturday mm-hmm. or one Sunday and like, okay, I'll do mine on this first Saturday of the month and you can, you know, then I'll take your uh, kids. And yeah. so that's a, that's one way to do it. Um, as a freelancer, I try to do a weekday, but, you know, I encourage people to do what mm-hmm. works for them. So in a personal retreat day, I will spend some time, like, in, in nature, walking, walking in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing to do. Or if it's rainy or hot, you know, some gentle yoga, just something to wake up the body. And then some meditation or prayer, you know, wake up the mind, wake up the spirit. And then I spend some time journaling, looking at my past calendars and journals um, mm-hmm. and just gleaning any insights from the past month. You mm-hmm. know, what have I learned? Um, and I'll journal about like special events that happened that month and just things I want to remember. And then I take a long nap or mm-hmm. do whatever is restful for me. And you read a and book or I something? I read a book. You know, I do all those things that you're probably mm-hmm. doing this, this weekend going like, wow, I have actually time to do this. But if you take the priority uh, to do this and, and it's like, this is my self-care, you know. Right. And then I have time to look at the month ahead and structure some things and think about like, is there anything I can let go of to have more margin in my life? Um, that practice has just been wow. so grounding for me and... Um, during the pandemic, I was able to share that online with some other people mm-hmm. who were in community and doing a lot of online courses. And it just resonated with so many wow. women that I'm like, okay, Greg was like, you have something here. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to take it and just teach other people how to do this 
And mm-hmm. it's been really transformational for a wow. lot of people. How long so. have you been doing it? Ten years. Yeah. Ten wow. years. And you, you know, don't yeah. skip? Yeah. I have skipped, and I have felt it. Really? I tell you, when I, when I have not prioritized that, Mm-hmm. You can ask Greg. <laughs> you can ask my family. They're like, oh, you need a personal retreat day. <laughs> and it's sort of like uh, Brad with our son, Brad with yeah. his meditation mm-hmm. and it's, me with mm-hmm. my prayer. Mm-hmm. If I don't pray every day, it really, you can tell it, yeah. you know. Um, and that prayer, meditation, whatever, is taking time for yourself. But um, Wendy also has a journal that she's gonna. It's gonna come out what in the next month or next two. Next couple of weeks, I hope. Yeah, next yeah. couple of weeks, a journal about how to do this, and then she has online programs. Tell them about your blog stuff and all that that you have, because I think Nikki needs some motivation to well, do I'll this. Well, put you on my newsletter list. So I, I do have a monthly newsletter, but it's um, every every quarter or so I'll do an online course okay. uh, through Creative Mornings that teaches people basically how how to do this in an hour you know just mm-hmm. an hour and people tune in from all over the world that's really wonderful and so it's that. really, that's really and, and nikki you've got to do this for it yourself you really <laughs> have to because um you don't want to get worn down in fr- just hearing just a little bit that you were talking about what you did tired me out <laughs> and um wow and I think but what it's she's so valuable. What yeah. she's, if what you're doing, Nikki, what is she's so doing is so great. Valuable. It's so wonderful. To, I mean, that investing is investing in your kids, investing in your family, and so God, investing in your kids, investing in your family. Wonderful, uh, and you get just, to be a part of it. That's it, the cool part. Like, yeah, that even if Claire is like. Oh, I don't want my mom there. You know, I want to just hang out with my right. friend. She's 13. She's going to look back, and she's going to be so grateful that you were there every step <laughs> yeah, of the way. Exactly. I right. guarantee it. Yeah, she will. And, uh, yeah, the kids will say, uh, when I was talking to Brad when he was growing up, I'd tell him all these pearls, and I didn't think he was listening. Then 20 years later, 25 years later, he'll say, hey, I remember you told me this. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know. Or he'll pass it on to Alex yeah, and, and then he pass it on to <laughs> Alex and yeah. Annie. So, yeah, what you're doing for the kids now, they may not appreciate, they may protest it, but you're really helping them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've got to give kids some leeway, too. Yeah. You know, we've got to... Now, way Wendy and I mean, Vicky and I raised our kids is we were free, loose and free, you know. We had wide line, lines there, you know. The only rule we had is nothing good happens after midnight and no drug and alcohol. I mean, you know, so we were wide open parents. But they, you know, we ate together every night and we had breakfast together, you know, and we did things together. But our parenting is a little bit different now. Brad is very kind of... Uh, I'm more contained than I am, but and uh, well, I don't know what. What am I rescue me, Wendy? I don't know what I'm going with this. <laughs> let's I, let's have Nikki talk more oh, about. Yeah, uh, tell us about your uh, teaching and special needs um, children. How did you? How did that become your passion? How did you know you wanted to do that? Well, I actually I wanted to go. I got a BS in psychology and I wanted to be a counselor but didn't really realize when you graduate with a psychology degree doesn't mean you can be a counselor. You have to go on. You have got to get a master's or LBC. And, you know, I was naive with that. And 
actually, I was telling John last night, I didn't really, like, I don't remember really having guidance from a college coach or, I don't know. I was just it's not terrible. Naive. <laughs> or a college advisor, well, I should say. you don't know what you don't know, and sometimes right. it seems like they should be a little more, you know, yeah. proactive. So there proactive wasn't much I could yeah. do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did, I got a job working with children and adults with special needs in the community. I was called a community resource specialist. Did not make much at all. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then I wanted to go back to school to become a school psychologist. And so that was kind of my goal. And I thought while going back to school, I was trying to find a job um, with children. And I went to an interview in Richmond, Virginia to become a special education aide, which, you know, just kind of, you don't make much money, but I was thinking low stress, which now knowing what they do, that's not low stress (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. But there's such a need for special education teachers, especially Mm, where I applied in Richmond. I left that interview with special education teacher job. Okay. And I was like, but I was almost confused. I was like, but I can't, I'm not a teacher. (laughs) They, Am I qualified for this? Part right. of my interview is that my mom taught. And they're like, oh, wow. your mom can guide you. Oh, my goodness. And they said, all you need wow. there is to get your provisional license. I had to take this course. Mm-hmm. And it was like one course, but three courses within it that I could take. So just one course. And then within three years, had to finish my degree okay. to be a teacher. And my thinking was like, I'll take the course and do this because it was a lot of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be a school psychologist. I'm still going to get back to school. But once I started the position, um, I changed courses, and then because I took the kept taking the courses to become a teacher. Okay. Yeah. So. Was it because you just fell in love with those kids, or what you did? You enjoyed? Yeah, I think I don't know. It was mixed because when I started, it was really difficult because I had not taken any education classes, so I was thrown in. So it was real. I wouldn't say I like really enjoyed it in the beginning, um, but then it also was like if I was going to stay in it, you had that timeline, mm-hmm. and I knew I couldn't teach full time and go back to school mm-hmm. like the way I was thinking. So I kind of just made a choice. Got it. And yeah. um, then. When I moved from Richmond, I started teaching in a very rural town called Woolwine. Okay. Even Patrick more County. rural oh. than Floyd? Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. And I loved it. Okay. And I was the only special education teacher kindergarten through seventh grade. Oh, my goodness. That's how so, small it was. Wow. Wow. And I I think that's when I really fell in love with it. Okay. It was night and day from Richmond. What was Richmond. it about that that you fell in love with? Uh, the, well, the families were... They were just so thankful for anything you did to help. Yeah. They, everyone was just so thankful for any help you could give their kids. And yeah, yeah. just felt yeah. like you were investing in them mm-hmm. as not just the kids, but the fam- the entire family, and the community. Yeah. And the community. yeah. Okay. And then I went from there to Radford, Virginia, and I taught there for about thirteen years. And I'm just newly employed where I live. Okay. Um, when COVID hit and the shutdown. And I got used to not driving 45 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I was like, what am I doing? I could be teaching in my own community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. rather than so uh, then I started teaching in Floyd. Oh, great. That's good. It, isn't it amazing how COVID changed directions for so many it people? Did. Yeah. 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 
Well, Nikki, keep on talking. You're really yeah. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you want to talk about? Oh. What are some other ways that you help yeah. the community and you help people? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like being a school teacher, like so much of your time is kind of helping, and then the evenings you work on things. So mm-hmm. when people ask, like, do you do I volunteer for organizations or community service? Like, I feel like that's all engulfed in being a teacher. So mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad. I'm like, I don't, but I'm a teacher because you do a lot of, you know, you're going to your students' games and you're meeting after school with the parents. So that's a big part of, I feel like, well, what the, I do. Uh, you don't have time for community service. Come on. I mean, you, I mean, you're doing community service when you're teaching, meeting with parents, doing all exactly. that stuff mm-hmm. that teachers do. It's incorporated. And then you got yeah. your family. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you're doing more community service than most people. I mean, anybody who's a teacher does community service, that's, and they need agreed. to be rewarded for that. Yeah. Yep. So... That's great, Nikki. Now, um, tell us about your husband, what, what he does. So he's also a teacher at our local high school. Um, we only have, like, we have one high school. We don't have middle schools. So it goes elementaries, pre-K through 7, and then you go to high school. And he's the technology education teacher. So okay. he does some really neat things with robotics and drones and 3D printing, industrial design. And we just That's opened nice. a brand-new... Um, building for all that with all new equipment, which is really big for our little town. Yeah, that's great. It's huge for our and town. For a town to do something like that, those guys are making a lot of money when they get out of mm-hmm. high school, aren't they? And we have one of the best welding programs, and they just, I mean, brand new welding equipment. Um, and Floyd's known for their, their welders who come out of the program, and they do, they, they make really good money. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. a one stoplight town. We have one stoplight. <laughs> like we're very small. Oh, yeah, and you're doing that. And when you're, hey, isn't that interesting, Wendy? That mm-hmm. they're doing robotics and that sort of stuff in Floyd. That's amazing. you know that just yeah. shows you how massive this thing is growing. That's right. And uh, isn't it great that Floyd's able to do that? And Jason, I know Jason. He's a brilliant <laughs> mathematician. Mm-hmm. He is, and he was teaching math. He loved teaching math. But this is an even better opportunity. Well, it's like part. applied mathematics. Yeah, it's applied That's mathematics. That's what he likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. He's and, enjoying uh, that. So congratulations to Floyd. <laughs> and uh, Nikki, it's been a pleasure <laughs> uh, talking to you. And uh, you've been a wonderful guest. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll have to have you back and okay. find out how the Olympic, uh, the, how the basketball's going. <laughs> okay. and, and we're going to ask you what? We're going to ask you, have you had a personal retreat, retreat day? <laughs> and have you scheduled that in your monthly uh, calendar? We're going to ask you that when we have you back. <laughs> okay. I think now, are you going to make us a promise that you'll do that? I will. That's okay. great. I like that. I, yeah. And who are you going to get? Now, see, what, what, what I believe in firmly is, mm-hmm. you know, we give ideas to people, mm-hmm. right? But then when we give ideas to people, people need to make a commitment to following that idea. When they hear a pearl they like, they've got to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. So your commitment is, so you need to tell me who is going, who you're going to get to help you do this. Do day. Yeah, who is the, do you have anybody in mind? Well, I'm thinking a Sunday. I'm already thinking on my mind, spending okay. a Sunday to do this. 
Okay, and do you have Jason. somebody that mm-hmm. you can? Yep. Do you Jason. have somebody that you can switch with? Asking Jason. Uh, Jason. You can ask your husband. Yeah. You yeah. Could, Jason could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason can do it. Yeah. Uh, and then give yeah. him a day off too. Yeah. Because he deserves it just as yeah. much. Yeah. Right. So That's you're committing to that. Give me yeah. five on that. <laughs> and thanks for being well, with us. You, you were a great, me. great guest. <laughs> Wendy, we're signing off. We are. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you.